So, good afternoon. This is Janelle LaRue, and you are listening to the third installment of Ordinary People, Extraordinary God, Conversations for the Soul with, of course, Janelle LaRue. That's me. And I am here today with somebody I absolutely adore. And you know what's funny? Um, yesterday was Mother's Day, and this woman has become so much of a mother to me over the last, oh my gosh, I feel like time has swiftly gone by, but over the last, I'm going to say five years. Mm -hmm. Let's go with five years. I like that number. (laughs) (laughs) But her name is Andrea Lawful Sanders, and she is affectionately known as Mother by me and so many of my diva sisters. So I wanted to bring her on today because um, I enjoy talking to her about a lot of different things. But I've always had this question for her. And as you know, um, the question I usually ask anyone on this show is, when did you know God was real? When did you know him for yourself? And just to hear some experiences from them. So I'm going to pose it to you. When did you know? (laughs) hello. I have to, if I may, go back to when I was a little child. Yeah. Can I go back there? So I am the firstborn of four girls for my mother. And according to my mother, when I was a little baby, I don't know how old I was at that point, maybe weeks or a couple of months, she was sitting outside in the carport in Jamaica um, with me, and some strange man knocked on the gate and told her that the child that she had in her hand would be able to see, wouldn't really explain what my mother looked at him and said, well, what? Get away. She was, I think she was frightened, but she mm-hmm. ran him away from the gate that you, the child in your hand is different and will be able to see what other people can't see. So that was the first time I heard a story about anything relating to anything. And my mother would always say in Jamaica, there was um, uh, practices of voodoo and obia, but religion was the number one thing that was there. And Catholicism was the number one religion in Jamaica. It probably still is. And so we were raised in the church. And so I'm going to fast forward now to when um, I was a little bit older. I think we were two or three when my parents started hiring um, what we call helpers or what you would call nannies here in America. So from the time we were little girls all the way up to 16, we had a nanny living in the house with us. And that was done on purpose because my mother always, she, while she loved giving birth and having all four of her children, she always wanted to make sure that there was someone in the house to take care of us, and she didn't want to send us to daycare. Hmm. There was this one woman um, that was with us for a long time by the name of Peggy, and she was spiritual in every sense of the word. She would always be praying. Always. Every time she would, she would cook and clean and wash and she'd be singing gospel songs and, you know, we'd catch her praying in the morning on her knees now by the bed. And we would know not to bother her um, at certain points of the day. But mm-hmm. there was any time Peggy could just bust out in a prayer. We were like, oh, my God, she praying again. <laughs> but you never know. You never know how God sets you up, right? Right. So my family had just moved into Portmore in St. Catherine. Mm-hmm. And one night... Um, Around 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, I was young. I was maybe 7, 8, or 9, somewhere in there. Because I remember being clear enough to understand what was happening, but not clear enough to know the meaning of what was happening. So we were all fast asleep, and we were awakened by this noise. Just noise. My father jumps up and says, what the hell is going on in my house? It was Peggy. But Peggy was not only praying. Peggy was speaking in tongues. And she... 
she could she wouldn't stop. She wow. would not stop. Wow. So she just kept speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. My father kept, and finally my father realized to just leave her alone and let her finish whatever she was doing. When she when she finally came out of the trance that she was in, she turned to my parents and she said, There is a calling on Andrea's life. And there are people who are going to, something is going to try and snuff her out. She will prevail. But watch her because she's going to do some special things. No way. No way. No lie. And I remember giggling. Because you know when you're young. (laughs) What? Something coming after me? I'm not doing nothing special with my life. I didn't care possibly. But she would always tell me, (laughs) whatever you do, be mindful because there is a calling on you. And you're going to do amazing things. And she said, when you have your first child, bring that child back to me so I can take care of that child. She did. When my firstborn son was, uh, was when my first child was born, I um, developed Graves' disease, which is an overactive thyroid, yeah. and went into a thyroid storm. So my father came and got my son when he was two, and he stayed in Jamaica with them until they were three. What? He was three. And oh Peggy was the one that took care of him. Not only that, the, the, when he was there in Jamaica, there was a woman that lived across the street from us because we lived in a, a suburb, a development, you know, outside of Kingston. There was a woman across the street who is, uh, uh, was um, a manic depressive and she uh, uh, bipolar. Mm-hmm. So when she wasn't taking her medication, she'd go off the rails and she'd only wear a half slip with no bra, no panties, and she'd cuss out everybody on the street. I was the only one. Her name was Miss Norma. I was the only one that would engage Miss Norma and talk to her. And she would stop in the middle of cussing. And she said, little girl, you're not afraid? I said, no, ma'am. And she and I would talk. So she knew, you know, we would have a good conversation. My mother would think, what is the... (laughs) And so when she was taking her medication (laughs) and her daughters, her daughters, one daughter was a flight attendant. I forget what the other daughter did, but she was in the house by herself a lot. She'd come over and she said, Andrea, bake a little sugar, bake a little flour. And I would, I would either feed her or give her the flour, the sugar, the rice, whatever she needed. And my mm. mother said years later, she wow. couldn't figure out why her stuff was disappearing. But I wasn't copying to giving away her food, <laughs> right? Fast forward all those years later, Alexander was there. She's cussing. <clears throat> and he goes to the gate and he says, Minama, they're telling me this story. He engages her in conversation. She stops cussing and talks to my baby. Wow. When she found out that he was my child, he, nobody had better touch Alexander. I don't even think he realized the story behind that. But he would stand by the gate, they said, and hold on to the rail and just have a good old conversation with Norma. Talking, he, they said they don't understand what he was saying, but she understood him. They understood <laughs> each other and they had a great conversation, right? <laughs> So it just goes to show that the kindness wow. that you show to people come back to you. Yeah. Wow. Now, I've always known God existed in theory. Yeah. Always knew he Because I went to church all the time. Prayer was always around me. Praise and worship was always around me. My parents didn't go to church. My mother said there was more heathens in church than there was on the streets. Yeah. But they made sure we went to church. Right. And they <laughs> practiced, you know, making sure that we treated people well taking folks, you know, because we would always take in family members from other parts of the island and keep them with us so that they would, until they would be okay, to put them through school, buy their school books, wow. all of that. So I learned all of that at a young wow. age. The first time hmm. I knew God was real, and I think I want to share this with you. I have not shared this with anybody else, so now you're all listening to all this. It's the whole this. world. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my Diva mobile. I called my car the Diva mobile, y'all. 
And I was, uh, I had just gone past uh, Relish mm -hmm. and made a left down the street. And I had a stop sign. I stopped, and as I went to go across, there was a car flying towards me. Didn't, I knew he wasn't going to stop. Just as I thought he was going to hit me, my car lifted. Wow. My car lifted. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? I heard my you. car lifted. And I don't even, it, it was so, it was so surreal. It felt like it happened, but it was weird. So the car went right underneath my car. And my car, just, and, it, and it didn't land like a thud. It lifted and just kind of landed like a cloud. What? And I thought, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just hallucinated. And you could see the look on his face. Because I'm looking, I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. And we both saw the same thing. He never stopped. And I thought, Jesus, now I know you're real. Because he would have T-boned me. He was coming that fast. And I probably would have died. That was the first time I knew God was real. Like, real, real, like, this is not an abstract thing. You know, they say, you can't see, you can't feel God, but you know he's there. It was not an abstract thing for me. The second time it happened, wow. I was driving down 309. It was a very, very hot day. I just, matter of fact, no, no. When, when the car lifted, that was the second time it happened. The first time it happened, I, was, I just put my youngest on the plane to go away with my father. And his car seat was in the back, and I was coming down 309, and someone pulled out. Because, you know, 309, you can drive yeah. 67, right? So I'm coming down from Sellersville, and he pulled right out, and there was no way for me to stop. The road was so hot, the tires and the asphalt, just nothing was sticking. And my car flipped up in the air and rolled four times with me in it and landed over a fence in a business somewhere. The roof was crushed completely in. Um, the sides were crushed in, and I was able to walk out without a scratch. Four tires were flat. The four tires were flipped out like something from a spaceship, and my child's car seat blew off from the seat belt and was in just flinging up, flinging around in the back of the car. Yeah, I walked out without a scratch that day, and I thought, "Wow, oh wow." So since this is in the video, I guess I should talk about my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I am holding my chest, and I was just staring at you. That's you're crazy. Right. And so you get a, get to a point in your life where you know there's a calling. Yeah. We all know that we're here for a purpose, and oftentimes we ignore the silent, still voice that tells us what we can and can't do, mm -hmm. or what we should and shouldn't do. And so I remember that was around the time I was going through my first divorce, and I had wow. friends who said, you can't possibly leave him. He's making so much money. You could live a life of leisure. And in my head, I heard, if you don't leave, you're going to die. Wow. You've got to get out of here because you need to be able to use your voice. I have you here for such a time as this. You cannot waste your space sitting in a place that is not working for you. Yeah. And so I have, I have since that particular time. And I'm not saying that, you know, making choices do not come without risks. Right, yeah. certain risks, but I always knew in the end I would be okay. So fast forward at 51, I completely walk. I completely walk in. If it's meant to be for me, it will be for me. I yeah. completely walk in. You know what, God? And I talk to God all the time, so I just want you to know. You know, people get on their knees and they pray and they holler and scream right. and carry yes. on. And, well, praise be the Lord. Mm -mm. Me and Jesus, I get up in the morning and say, good morning, Father. Yes. I'm taking my shower and go, what would you have me do today? Yes. You know, what do I need to know? Speak to my heart. Yes. Speak to my spirit. So everywhere that I go, yes. 
people think that I am different, but that's because I treat everybody with decency and respect mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. kindness, and I meet folks where they are. Because mm -hmm. sometimes we get so caught up in our importance and who we think we are and how we have leveled up to a certain place in our work life and our personal lives that we tend to look down at other people and don't realize that we're doing that. God has always said to me, oh my gosh, there is a third instance. Oh, um, and there's four. another one. There's four. What? I, was, I went to, <laughs> my, that's been my whole life though. I was in wow. Miami <clears throat> to open up a school board conference, a national school board conference, Q. And I needed to go get some money. Mm -hmm. And I got into the hotel car, got into town, and I'm walking, looking through the tulips, you know, looking for a bank, like the do. bank, like I normally do, right? <laughs> Just looking through the tulips. And immediately in front of me appeared this young girl. She was about your age, Janelle. Mm. And she said to me, excuse me, do you believe in God? I said, child, of course I do. She said, well, God told me to tell you this. Your life is getting ready to change in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. Everything that you have worked up to until this point is going to start manifesting itself. Only thing he wanted me to tell you is, <coughs> is to let go and not be unforgiving. Don't hold unforgiveness. There's one person that you have not forgiven for something that they did to you. Let him go and your life will take off. And she hugged me, said a little prayer, mm -hmm. and walked away. I get a block up the street, not even a block, a half a block, and I turned around to see, gone, gone. Janelle, I went back, I looked, I turned, I twisted, gone. Do you know, since she spoke to me that day, my life has completely changed. I got married. Just all kinds of, <clears throat> my business blew up in a wonderful way. I'm writing, I'm, uh, uh, you name it. Everything that I've ever said that I wanted to do has now begun to manifest itself yeah. because I let that person go. And I literally was like, I don't want to tell me. But we, tend to, <laughs> we have to remember that it is God. Yes, it is. That answers all these <clears throat> things. We don't have to do his work for him, right? Right. The fourth time that I get, my God, this has been yeah. my whole life. The fourth time that I can remember, I was standing in... A produce junction, minding my business, tapping watermelons. Yes, because black people eat watermelons. And they're amazing. And they are amazing. <laughs> and they're good for our serotonin levels, honey. They're good for depression and things, right? And I'm, I, don't, I wasn't talking. And a woman tapped me and she says, I couldn't understand why I was in here, but I know it's for you. That's what she said. I saw turn around and said, you know what, Jesus? Sweet black Jesus. I, I, at this point, <laughs> this has happened to me at, 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 such, at, at, at different intervals in my life. So I turned to her and she said, I have not heard and seen what you're going to do with your life. You're going to impact a lot of people in wow. ways you can't even imagine. Wow. And he sent me to tell you because you were feeling a little discouraged to remind you. And I said, I don't remember, I don't remember what I said. I can't remember if I said anything to her. I think I was crying, actually, because tears were coming down my face. The thing about this faith walk is that things, all, things happen. Bad things can happen that'll make you feel like, what are you doing? Make you question all kinds of things. But you have to keep the faith. And I remember, I think I, think I said thank you, because I always say thank you. And I went to do what I was doing. And when I turned back around, she was gone. So I believe he sends me angels. From yes. time to time, um, in my life, yeah. I just I don't I used to actually I never questioned them. I just always marveled and said thank you. Mm. But the one with my car, when my car lifted, I said, "Chick, did I? 
And I said I was <laughs> never going to share that with anybody. Because how do you tell somebody that? Right. But we have to. We have to share those stories because even though everything's not always going to be fantastic. Yeah, right. But even when those fantastic things happen, we tend to keep them to ourselves mm-hmm. because we don't think someone's going to believe us. Absolutely. But we have to share them because there are other people out there that are experiencing it mm-hmm. and they feel like they're crazy. Mm-hmm. So, so you're not crazy. Nope. <laughs> because she experienced it. And I'm sure people listening to it, you can think of times where these fantastic types of things mm-hmm. have happened. And mm-hmm. you're like, your mind is blown. Mm-hmm. That's some, I didn't even know. You told me the one. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know the other three. Probably because I have, um, for a long time, also had visions. I've had visions. I could see things happening to people. I can't believe I'm sharing all of this. For the longest time. And the more I studied the Bible, I was in the concordance. I was reading the words, studying it, the more visions I had. So you know what I did? Start I stopped. Reading. Yes. I absolutely stopped. <laughs> Because it was frightening. Yeah. I would get up in the middle of the night and go, what, if you want me to call that one and say, what now? And I would call <laughs> them and they go, how do you know? So they would actually start to think I was under the kooky. Yeah. So I have learned how to not say much of anything about anything, which is why I say to people all the time, I can sit in front of you and within 15 to 20 seconds I can read. I know exactly who it is sitting in front of me. I, I, it has never failed me. I am just as kind. I don't change the way I treat you. I, which is why when I when I say to you wow. that I am drawn to your soul or to your spirit, there's a reason why I'm saying it. Yeah. And if I am don't feel if I feel that there's something missing about you, I'm not changing the way I treat you, but I'm always wary yeah. of what I see happening around me. And it it never fails to manifest exactly yeah. how I see. You're very it sensitive. Very. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very. Which is why my house is a haven and not everybody's invited inside of it. And even some who are invited in, after a while I'm like, nah, you can't come here no more. And usually they <laughs> usually they choose to self-elect to not come here anymore. Because you can't sit underneath this wave of comfort and vulnerability and, and play games. You just can't. Not in yeah. this house. Yeah, it's serious mm-hmm. business when you walk through those doors. I tell mm-hmm. as an an experienced walker through the door, yeah. it is serious business when you walk through, yeah. and you feel it. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So you talked about how you cultivate the relationship you have with God now mm-hmm. by just you know you talking to Him and things like that. What would you say to someone who is questioning? Because you've given a lot. You told a lot more than I was expecting to say. <laughs> That's because you pull it out of me. <laughs> and you know, everything isn't for everybody in certain times. I think this was the right time. I've been mm-hmm. holding on to this stuff for a long, long time. I have been told for a long time that I, look, the, I'm not going to say her name. The woman that showed up here at the end of 2016 and said, God told me to come to your door. And to tell you, stop playing and just let him know when you're ready. Yes. That happened at the end of 2016. And I fought and I railed because I kept saying, God, I have I have done everything. I have done, I've been whatever you ask me to do. I am not super religious. I'm not in church every single Sunday. But what I am is I follow God's word and that I love people unconditionally yeah. as much as I can. Unless you're trying to hurt me, right? Um, or the people that I care about. I treat people well. I don't denigrate folks. I don't do any of those things. Yeah. And I am, I am blaringly honest and authentic in every way that I move. So if I see, if you come to me and you say, blah, 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 and I see you full of it, I'm going to say, I call it. 
I'm putting the mirror up to your face. Now, you go examine what it is you need to examine because I see what you're not willing to yeah. look at. Right? Yes. So, not everybody can, <laughs> not, not everybody comes and says, everybody, lots of people come and say, I want you to mentor me. Mm-hmm. But not everybody is able to stay in that space. Right. Because I hold you to that very thing that you say you want to be held accountable to. Mentoring is not playing games, not even a little bit, right? And this is your life that we're talking about. It's not a dress rehearsal. Mm. So, That's a while I, <laughs> while my husband and I go to church, we don't always make it every Sunday. I don't, um, I haven't joined any, not the choir, not any of those things. If someone comes and needs help, I'm, I'm going to jump in and help without telling anybody, right? It's not for everybody to know. Yeah. Um, and I've done that. We've both done that a lot throughout our lives, which is why I think we ended up as a couple. Um, but but what I, what yeah, right, because you attract <laughs> to you who you are. Lots of people don't believe that. They're like, oh my God, he's so terrible and he did this and it. But there was something in you that attracted him or something in her that attracted you. So figure it out. Right. And then you start to work through the what is it that I'm exhibiting that pulled that kind of person towards me. Mm-hmm. We often like to project pain and blame, but they never like to reflect our role in it. Right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would tell people who are not, you know, who don't believe in God or are mad or angry or whatever it is to be, feel it, feel it, talk about it, write it out, you know, because God knows how you're feeling before you feel it. <laughs> You're not surprised by anything we say or do. Yes. He, knows exa- he knows exactly what we're going to do before we do it. Right? And it takes shape in many ways. So we just have to pay attention to what's going on around us. And oftentimes we talk about we don't believe in God. When we're in trouble and stuff is starting to fall apart, the first person we think we think say is God help me. Mm-hmm. The same guy that we say. Or we Jesus. Know. Jesus, right. So we know. <laughs> Somebody. You know. Um... I say don't allow anybody to force you into doing anything you don't want to do. Find God in your way, in your own way. And he will find you. He will. He absolutely will. (laughs) I'm having a whole moment over here. A whole moment. Because that is the message I've been getting Mm -hmm. over the last year. Is people come to me the way that they do. They come to me in Christianity, Mm -hmm. Catholicism, Mm -hmm. Islam, Mm -hmm. Buddhism, Mm -hmm. Yoruba, Mm -hmm. Hindu. Muslim. You know, (laughs) and we we fight people and we make them feel horrible because they're not sitting in a pew. God shows up the way God shows up. The universe, energy, he keeps saying it's all him. We are spirits. Exactly. We are spirits in bodies. Right. In these bodies of clay. Um, And so again, you know, I don't fight people. Where they are, I leave them alone. Right. Right. And I follow what God speaks to my heart because that's that's what opens up me in a way that's able to continue to live the best life that I want to live. Yeah. Um, even when things are at their worst, I remember just laying in my bed crying. And I can hear him clearly saying, baby girl, you can... there's a peace that comes over you when you know that you know. Even when you don't see it. Yeah. Even when you yeah. don't see it. It's a peace. So I tell people, you know, let God will find you. You will know when you are ready. Don't allow anybody to poach you into doing anything. Because if they force you into getting into church and finding God their way, you won't stay. You won't stay. Mm. 
you'll still be there clapping your hands and, you know, going through the motions. But you have to find God your way. And he knows exactly when to reach out to you. Mm. He does. And sometimes you, you feel him. Mm. Oh, you've done no, no, not sometimes. He's here time? all the time. Mm. <laughs> all the time. We just choose to ignore it. Like, you know, we make him a convenience. I like that. We make him a convenience that we talk to him when we feel like it. But he guides us. It's so funny. Yes, uh, Saturday morning I got up and said, what am I going to I got to do this workshop, Lord, and I don't know what I'm wearing. I usually have my things piled out. <laughs> and in my head showed up that blue dress and the orange. Like he just, and it was like, well, I don't know what, what's going to happen for the, but didn't it turn out to be the thing? Yeah. But that's God's talking to you. We just think it's our own cognitive mm-hmm. head that's going. But if we listen to what we call our intuition. Mm-hmm. That gut. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the leading of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. Man, what? thank you. You're welcome. This is so amazing. <laughs> ah, I didn't know this was going to turn out this way, but even the way you and I became close, <sighs> you know, um, I didn't know you existed. I remember walking into the interview. What year was that? 2012, 2013? It was probably like 14. It was wait. No. I think it was 14. You sure? I can't tell anymore. And I remember walking <laughs> into the room. I'm old. And I remember walking into the room, and you were just smiling at me. And I'm thinking, I don't know this young lady. You are so pleasant, though, because the person that were written. <laughs> mama, stop. No. Stop no. it. No. Stop it. Written at mama. And you just kept smiling and smiling, and you were so sweet. And I thought, oh, I like her. And then look where we are today. You know? you were just, Your spirit just emanated yeah. from your body. When you walk, you were pleasant. I have, I am. You just always. walked in like, hello, <laughs> hi, I'm here. What can I do? Yep. Rick, how can I serve? I never said, I don't need to go through this interview. I never said, I've been running these organizations. I didn't, I didn't do any of those things. I listened to what they had to say and said, okay, you want me to go through this interview process? We'll do that. You yeah. want me to go through that? I'll do that. There was no ego there. And if you hadn't done that, I wouldn't be you sitting wouldn't, here. Yeah. Ain't he wonderful? Because I needed you. Now we're getting real personal. I needed you in a time where I had pushed a lot of people away. Mm-hmm. They didn't realize they were being pushed. Mm-hmm. But I had just moved. Mm-hmm. I kept a lot inward. I just mm-hmm. dealt with everything on my own. Mm-hmm. And I finally feel like I have some place to go mm-hmm. because of you and Father. So I thank you for that. But you want to hear something even more interesting. My husband and I are not young people. We look cute, but we're not young. <laughs> and this is not our first marriage. And so when we started dating in 2010, after five years of knowing each other, one of the things he kept saying was, I really want us to, can we adopt or can we have a girl? I said, yo, 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 my eggs are dead. My eggs <laughs> dead. have the, They're not dead, but they've sufficiently worked <laughs> to the capacity that I wanted them to work, and I'm not trying to have any more children in my 40s. I was in my, like, mid-40s at that point. Like, are you serious? Not doing it. But he would always, at least once or twice a month. One day we went to dinner with his sons, all four of our sons, and he says, I have a news for you, Andrea's pregnant. And then I was like, oh, my God, you can't do this. But he kept saying to me, I really want us, and I want us to have a girl. And he says, well, couldn't we adopt a baby? I'm like, no, because we're too old. The baby would be 89 years old before that baby. <laughs> 20. <laughs> 20, not doing that. And I'm just out the woods with 89. the youngest one with spurt, you know. 
And he said, well, can we just sit down? Can we just sit down? So it was so interesting. When I met you in 2014, it was the year before we got married. Yeah. And then it was 2015, 16, somewhere in there when you came and talked to us, you know, about coming and spending time with us and hanging out with us. Yeah. And for us, yeah. you became our daughter. You became the daughter that we always wanted. Always wanted. So we're both happy. So, yo, she spoiled, y'all. She spoiled. Rotten. 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 Um, and we put no <laughs> pressure on you. You come when you want to. If you want to talk, want to talk. You know, but he, he always makes sure, we make sure that you're okay um, and that we're here for you no matter what's going on. But that had to take trust and vulnerability on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because what you realized early on was if you're going to be a part of this family, you're going to be treated like the boys get treated and we plays no games. <laughs> I've been checked a couple times. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I have been checked. Hey, I have been scolded. Mm. Like a like a child. Yeah. Like a child. And She's, I missed that. I missed like, that. I, I, my feelings are hurt. I was like, okay, when they stop hurting, call me. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I was butt hurt. Mad. And I stayed away for a little bit because yes, I had to get did. myself together. Yeah. I was like, and, and father was like, where is she? I said, don't worry about it. She'll be all right. She'll come back when she feels better. I said, mm-hmm. she sent me a test that I hurt her feelings. And I told her when she stopped getting feeling hurt. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I remember that. But it's but Vividly. that's but that's real <laughs> talk. That's real relationship. That's something way beneath the surface yeah. that most people only want to dance on. Most people only want to stay on the surface. And the minute they let the feelings are hurt, they pick up their ball and go home. To what end? Who yeah. are you hurting? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think we shared a whole lot more than we wanted to share, mm-hmm. or probably should have shared. Or but you know, God is leading this, yes. and somebody may need to see or hear this. Yeah. They're not going to see us because, you know, but they'll they need to hear us. They'll see us on the Tizu. On the what? The? On the Instagram. Oh, they'll see us on the Tizu? Yeah. Is that what you Pictures mean? and oh, okay. little videos. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, whatever <laughs> you want to do. But, um, so that's it. You well, know, that's where you. we are. You're welcome, Thank Ella. you. This was so spontaneous. It was, wasn't it? But it needed to happen mm-hmm. because I hadn't done it in a while. I average an uh, interview every two months. And part of that is my own fear of just doing it. This takes a lot for me to just, okay, let me sit down and talk with someone. Because it requires mm-hmm. me to be vulnerable, too. Oftentimes, the people that are sitting down mm-hmm. are people I know. So there's some level of relationship that we have that mm-hmm. will possibly come out in this. And I have to be prepared for it. Um, and then just wondering if people are going to receive it. So the great thing is that people have been receiving it well. Mm-hmm. Um and it comes from a place of just trying to be obedient yep. to God and what he's asked me to do. So, I thank you. You're welcome, my love. Now, Mova has an interview to go do. Yes. And I have a half an hour to get there. Yes. And I need to get cute. You're already cute. Well, so, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Mova. You're welcome, for daughter. For today. <laughs> thank you all for tuning in and look forward to talking with you soon. Have a blessed day. <laughs>